What sounds do lizard people make? Um. I'm Miranda, your resident witch. And I am Crystal, your resident... Wino. (laughs) (laughs) Today, like we mentioned last week, um, we're actually going to discuss reptilians. Yes. I I almost stuck my tongue out like a a lizard lizard or something. But I was like, they can't see me. Hmm." (laughs) (laughs) Maybe one day if we ever do video podcasts... I know. We need to get out there more, mm-hmm. and then we could do, like, video and live shows and merchandise, but for that to happen, people need to start rating and reviewing because that's how we get up in the search engine for people to find us. Yes. Um, the support is greatly appreciated, guys. We're just a couple of mamas trying to make it in this world and hoping that other people have the same interests that we do. Yes. And... um. Again, uh, just so everyone knows, Miranda is still in a spaceship, so yeah, you may hear the air conditioner or dogs barking, but <laughs> and but she'll guys, be in her new house soon. Soon, but we don't know when, so we can be hearing any day now when we can get the keys. Hooray! They are closed. The, <laughs> the house is closed. They should have been in what today? Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow, but yeah, we're gonna move tomorrow. big city problems. <sighs> Freaking Edison. Anywho, <laughs> let's get on with today's topic of reptilians. So um, I have to admit that I hadn't really heard. I mean, I've obviously heard of reptilians. I just thought they were like just another, um, another species of aliens, right? But the more research that I did the more I noticed that, oh, they're not exactly aliens. They're j- they were all these theories and these myths and legends yes. point to the reptilians being here before humans. There's so much out there. Uh, it, at first, I could not, I tried to find like, you know, conspiracy theorist pages that really dived into the anatomy and every detail about it because I didn't know anything about it. I, I kind of heard about it, but... I, I didn't know a single thing about it. So I finally yeah. found this video, which you found as well. And everything before that, I was thinking, this is ridiculous. How could people believe this? Everything that I found. <laughs> and then I watched that video and I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this might be okay. a thing. Like It, it kind of does make sense, you know? And there's even things that I knew of before I did the research, watched the video, read other articles and stuff. Like, you know how some people were referred to like, oh, you're just letting your reptilian brain control you? Because, yes. like, honestly, whenever, like, your reptilian brain is controlling you, you're being more aggressive and angry and that sort of thing. And so I was like, okay, reptilian brain, more primal, makes sense, da 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 or even, like, the fact that I've heard a bunch of times that, like, oh, these celebrities or these leaders in charge, these queens, these whatever, they're reptilians in disguise. They're able to, like, change things. And I remember, like, hearing things about that, you know, for a long, long, long time. Um, but as I did more research, I'm like, oh, interesting. And some of the videos I saw of these supposed celebrities, I guess they're not supposed, these celebrities <laughs> supposedly being um reptilian like they had these funky things going on with their eyes but we all know photoshop is a thing and maybe it's photoshop maybe it's real i don't know but regardless it is still interesting you gotta send me those videos because i was trying to find some and it just wasn't working out for me oh for sure i'll send them to you i'll post them on our facebook page Awesome. All right, so let's dive into it. I'm going to first start off with, um, you know, one of the first really renowned stories or um, reptilian encounters that really kind of sparked 
all of the theories, rumors in the mainstream media today. Um, there is obviously tons of legends and stories that happened before this time, but this is the one that just they just started to get a bunch of attention during this time. All right, so I'm going to travel to Bishopville, South Carolina. Um, in South Carolina, there is this swamp, and it's called Scape Or Swamp. And at this swamp, there were a few sightings of a reptilian figure. The first sighting was in 1988, early, early in the morning. And there is a teenager by the name of Christopher Davis. And he had to stop driving because he got a flat tire. So, of course, he pulls over. He fixes the flat. And right, you know, when he finished, he stood up because he heard a noise. And he said that he saw a seven-foot-tall creature that had red glowing eyes behind him. Obviously, this kid rushed to the car. Who wouldn't? Even if, like, because it was early in the morning, like 2 a.m., right? Maybe you're really tired. You're hallucinating. Maybe you're seeing a deer. I don't know. But whatever it is, you're like, I'm getting out of here. So he hops in his car and starts driving away. But this creature started running after him and jumped on the hood of his car. And so, of course, he's like, oh, my God. And he's, like, swerving back and forth, trying to get this creature off of the roof of his car um during one of the swerves i guess he got a quick glimpse of the creature's hand and he said that it was green and it only had three fingers eventually that creature did fall off the car and he the um christopher the teenager he was able to drive away to safety um but that reminds me of that it's supposed to be a ghost story but you know that story where they're like the couple is like at a makeout spot on a lookout point or something and they hear the scratches outside their mm -hmm. door and it's supposed to be like a hook what if it's not what if it's this three-fingered clawed thing oh, scratching as maybe the the swamp monster and reptilians are the same <laughs> maybe um, well, anyway, Christopher got home and he told his parents, which I have to note that I'm very happy he told his parents because a lot of teenagers don't have that kind of relationship, I feel, these days where they would be like, oh my god, mom, I just had this crazy experience because one, A, like, they might not have a good relationship with their parents, they don't want to talk to them, two, they might... Their parents might think that they're on drugs or something, but this kid was clearly shaken up. And so his parents called the police and the police took the statements and they were like, hmm, okay, I guess we sort of believe that you had a traumatic experience, but let's get you a lie detector test. So Christopher took the test and he passed it. Like he passed it with flying colors. And so the police took the report seriously, which is very surprising. And, of course, there was a bunch of, like, news articles and stuff that were going on during this time. After this encounter, there was more information gathered about this area of South Carolina. There's a couple of other notable um, encounters that happened around the same time. And those encounters also contributed to um, newspaper articles and such. Um, also in 1988, a crop duster. <laughs> I think that's funny. A crop duster. Now, we, you know, crop duster now, like when kids fart and pass you by or something, but apparently crop dusting is an actual thing you can do. I forget as a job. that you grew up in a city. I was like, how is that funny? Like we had crop dusters flying over our cars all day, every day. Yeah, I had no idea that crop dusting was like an actual um job you can have. Because I'm like, why is people just walking by others farting and then walking away? Like that's ridiculous. But anyway, so this crop duster named Frank Mitchell, <laughs> um, he he was re getting ready to take off to do his duties. <laughs> to do his duties. What are we twelve? <laughs> Apparently, um, and he, he said he said that he saw a lizard man run across the, the runway and he's like, oh, I guess, uh, you know, then uh, he reported that. And then a couple years later, there was a woman and her five children and they were driving along um, the street that was next to that swamp. And they said that they almost hit a lizard man while they were driving around there. So this was three separate occasions, three separate people, or in case 
in the case of the mom and her five children, um, I guess, uh, five, six, seven separate people. Anyway, three <laughs> separate occasions around the exact same swamp, and they all claim to have similar sightings. And all in the same year. Yeah. Well, no, the, the, um, the mom and her children were a couple years later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There have been numerous sightings of these type of creatures, and these creatures have been dubbed reptilians. If we are speaking in ancient terms, I guess, legends and mythology and all that stuff, there's a lot of evidence that indicates that there were once reptilian reptilian beings that were worshipped by our ancient ancestors. Like, there are stories from all over the world, all these different um, ancient civilizations. Like, every single continent has some sort of a legend about reptilian people. And like I said, these are ancient civilizations, so it's not like they could upload something to the internet or make a phone call or, like, share what they've seen with other people. There's many direct references to serpent-like beings. You know, even the Bible speaks of the serpent beings. These beings were called Sethophims, and they're mentioned in the book of Isaiah. All these religious texts, they speak of these reptilian beings, and they speak of them being linked to the creation of the earth and even humankind itself. Of course, the most popular story that has to deal with the reptilian is in the book of Genesis, you know, how the reptilian offers Eve the forbidden fruit from the tree of knowledge, and, you know, she takes it. And as a result, Adam and Eve, they're punished, and they're kicked out of the Garden Eden. But the thing is, the serpent was also punished by forever having to slither on the ground because he went against God's will. So, if the serpent was already what we think of as a modern snake, there wouldn't have been this punishment of, ha- of him having to slither on the ground. So this tells me that he wasn't a snake originally, or at least not a snake as we know a snake to be. He must have been a reptilian humanoid creature. Even in the Quran, there are creatures called jinn. These guys were here before humans, according to them, but the leader of the jinn offended God, just like the snake in the Garden of Eden offended God. And this jinn was cursed, just like the serpent. Now, where did these reptilians actually come from? Did they come from space? Or were they here before humans because they evolved from a prehistoric creature? And these creatures that were punished, they were punished, not their race. So that means that the other creatures that were like them with legs or feet or whatever they had, they were still around to evolve over time. Mm-hmm. Those creatures that had feet, they could have evolved to actually be a humanoid form. Yeah. And I mean, anything is possible at this point. I am 100% certain we don't know all the secrets of our Earth. I mean, we barely know the secrets of our friggin' ocean. Who knows? At this point, anything is possible, especially with all the, gosh, all the stuff that's happening in the world right now with the aliens in Vegas, like we talked about last week. And Yeah, my husband sent me a video um, last night, uh, another video caught of some weird, crazy lights, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'll post that on our page, too. But yeah, we're not talking about aliens, so, well, sort we kind of might be. You know. <laughs> it, there's just so much. It's like, I don't even know what to believe. At this point, it's like, I think if... If reptilians and aliens and shit like that were real and are with us modern day, whoever's in charge of the media has done a great job at making us think all of this stuff is a hoax. Because at this point, if we were seeing real footage, half of us, more than half of us, wouldn't even believe it. You know what I mean? We were like, oh, mm-hmm. whatever. It's because we've just been conditioned to just be like, oh, yeah, CGI. Oh, yeah, this is a hoax. We've just been conditioned. And part of me is like, maybe that's the conspiracy. Like, the government makes us think everything is fake. So whenever we actually do see real things, we're like, eh. eh. It would be smart yeah. for them to do and, that. I mean, honestly, maybe it would help us avoid mass panic by desensitizing the populace to things like that, you know? Right. But whenever you really act, when you really do your own research and don't look at the strange, questionable videos as proof, but you look at the historical evidence and other proof that's out there and put it together and come up with your own thoughts and not just, you know, close your mind off to everything. Mm -hmm. 
you start to realize there's a lot more out there that's possible than we think. Yeah, so much. I mean, like, part of me really hopes that there's more, but also I'm scared. But also, what can we do about it? (laughs) So I just got to accept it. Speaking of, like, historical things, I also found that in Los Angeles, there was this engineer. Uh, You know what? I can't remember what his name is. I didn't write it down for some reason. But he... Hold on. I'll tell you. Oh, you'll tell me. Okay. (laughs) I'm looking over it, and I saw Crap Duster again. It made me get... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Warren Shufelt. Okay. So that engineer, Warren, in 1934, he was convinced that he could find underground tunnels underneath Los Angeles. And the LA Times even published an article that referenced a maze of tunnels under the city. So this engineer, Warren, he had a device called the radio x-ray, and he said he could find tunnels. So with this device, he created a map of the tunnels that were under Los Angeles. And he also said he found 16 gold deposits in the tunnels too. He eventually got approval from the city to do an excavation. And there was um, talk of like, hey, yeah, if you happen to find those 16 gold deposits, you just have to split it with the city. And he was like, okay, cool, bet. So he was going to start excavating. But before we get to that, before I tell you the results of that um, excavation, The engineer, Warren, he met with a Hopi medicine man who said that there was a Hopi legend that actually talks about lizard people who live in underground cities. He said that there are three cities on the Pacific coast that are completely underground. And this Hopi legend goes that about 5,000 years ago, there was a crazy, intense, scary meteor shower that caused this race of lizard people to flee underground. So they dug tunnels, large networks, caverns, things that connect. It was so big that they were able, like these chambers were able to fit like a thousand families. Like I said before, the engineer Warren, he was given permission to dig up these tunnels. But after a month of digging, he still didn't reach the tunnels and he ran out of money. So he had to stop the search, (laughs) which is kind of disappointing because just like a month, I feel like I feel like he should have had more money than a month. I feel like something like that should be a minimum (laughs) of three months. But maybe he (laughs) the money, he didn't get a lot of um, support from the city. He's like, I'm just going to give you a little bit just in case. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he he only went down like 200 and something feet yeah, or something like that. that's not very deep, you know? Not at all. Because if you had to flee underground, you would not just flee 200 feet down. So, this this legend that I just talked about, like that Hopi legend, there is a nearly identical legend to this one located halfway around the world in India. In India, there is a well called the Well of Sheshna, and there is a Hindu legend that says this well is the entrance to an underground city for what they call the Nagas. These Nagas are a race of semi-divine serpent people. So in both legends, these reptilian beings are able to influence the human race in some way or another. Also, in southern Iraq in the 1920s, there is a similar story that emerged. An archaeologist by the name of Leonard Woolley led an excavation to uncover the remains of of the Ube culture. In this excavation, they found very, very unusual clay artifacts. What they found were these figurines that seemed to resemble reptiles. And not just your average reptile, like a snake or a lizard or anything. They were humanoid reptiles. So... They were thinking maybe the Sumerians who were depicting a race of beings that were living among them, or maybe they were Sumerian gods. But what was crazy was the figures were depicting activities like breastfeeding children and doing other normal like things. Like I saw a figurine that was, you know, your reptilian persona and had a little reptilian baby on her boob. So if they were like gods, they wouldn't really need to do these normal mundane activities, you'd think. But the, um, the statues themselves, they had coffee bean eyes and an elongated skull. And like I said, they, were, they looked reptilian. And you know, if they were completely reptilian, they would be cold-blooded. They would not be mammals. Yeah, they would not be nursing. Mammals. So they can't be completely reptilian. They mm-hmm. have to be partly humanoid. And that brings me into the next part of this whole thing. So we have these reptilian creatures and we're like, 
maybe they did not come from space. So if they didn't come from space, where did they come from? I'm going to describe a theory that may seem a bit far-fetched to me. I mean, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I'm still debating on if I believe it or not. But this theory is kind of based in a scientific principle. There was this paleontologist named Dale Russell, and he had a theory that the reptilian species could have evolved from dinosaurs, but a, a one specific species of dinosaur called the Truodon. The paleontologist behind this idea had mapped how this particular dinosaur could evolve over time, and he ended up with the creature that matched the descriptions of the lizard people that many people have claimed to see. So this theory would only be possible if some of the dinosaurs did not go extinct. I mean, realistically, there were creatures who did not go extinct during that great extinction. I mean, we have alligators, we have crocodiles, we have turtles, and for crying out loud, it's common knowledge that the freaking chicken is related to the T-Rex. Okay? Yes. So clearly, there was some sort of creature, animal, dinosaur, whatever, that survived that great distinction to um, evolve into some of the stuff we have today. But we do know that alligators and crocodiles, they're like pretty much the same as they were back then. They haven't done much evolving. And I just went to a zoo recently, and we, we saw a species of turtle, which I wish I took a picture of it, but they're like, this particular species of turtle hasn't changed much either since dinosaur time. And anyway... <laughs> Dinosaur That's dinosaur time. time. I know. I'm a child, okay? I'm trying to make, like... Well, we were just laughing about crop dusting, so I think you're fine. You got to remember, people, we are both elementary teachers, okay? <laughs> we we got to... We, we end up with the same sort of freaking humor as our kids, unfortunately. <laughs> we're used to taking very complicated concepts... And putting them in terms that are very easy to understand. Yeah. And because we do that so often, sometimes we just end up talking that way. It's become <laughs> our usual speech pattern. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I do what taught first grade for so long, and I'm a special ed teacher, so I definitely break things down. Um, anyway, <laughs> so another theory about how reptilians came to evolve comes from the interference of extraterrestrials manipulating the DNA of reptiles and creating the reptilians themselves. So there are some abductees discuss encounters with, you know, different types of aliens like the greys and other humanoids. And there's only a very, very, very small number of them that mention interactions with these reptilians. It is possible to think that there were some extraterrestrials that were intrigued by all of the resources that we have here on Earth. And they're like, hmm, let's see if we can use this as a potential location for colonization or a lab so we can conduct experiments and create and, you know, be scientists. Many think that it is possible that these aliens manipulated the DNA of dinosaurs to encourage like specific mutations, which ultimately resulted in helping them project towards that specific evolutionary course to make them into reptilians. It was even said that they could have manipulated the DNA of humans and reptilians in a way too to create these reptilian hybrids. Now, I'm going to talk about even more modern instances that might indicate that we have a shared ancestor with reptiles. This story takes us to India, to the year 2001. There was this little boy who was born with a birth defect that made him have a 7-inch tail. This birth defect or abnormality made people believe that he was like a god incarnate, essentially, or having divine qualities. So they would visit him and visit his house and offer prayers they'd offer money and gifts and they did this because they were hoping that their desires were going to be granted just like whenever you pray to any god right this young boy had a tail that resembled a serpent or a snake which is what caused the people to think that he was the reincarnation like i said their own legends like their own religion had similar tales so there are there are many cases of people who had tails 
that have been well documented in medical journals since like the 1800s. But the main thing that you want to focus on here is that during the initial stages of our development, every single human embryo has a small tail. This small tail is later absorbed by the body early on in the pregnancy, actually, probably around nine weeks. So also, over time, it has been observed that embryos from different animals have similar developmental stages in the beginning. So I'm sure this is something that we've all talked about in science class too growing up, that when humans are fresh itty-bitty little cells in mommy's belly, and if you were to compare those little embryos to other types of animals at an early stage two, it would be difficult to tell which one is human because they're so similar. And there is a stage where we definitely look like a lizard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Charles Darwin even noted that species that are closely related may look like they're identical identical in the early stages of development and they only start to look more like what they would look like when they're born later on obviously in development in the in the womb so the fact that we look similar to a lizard or a reptile in the womb means we mm -hmm. are in some way related yeah like there's a common ancestor there because like what crystal said because we look so similar we can assume that there is some common ancestor way 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 back millions of years ago so approximately 300 million years ago groups of animals evolved right we have animals over here that are birds animals over there that are mammals animals over here we have reptiles we have all all this stuff just branching off obviously from one single ancestor before the life as we know it we know we shared something with DNA mapping and uh, with all the new bones and um, excavations that we do and all the new technologies that we have, we were able to discover that reptiles and dinosaurs are not as closely related as we once thought. Like I mentioned earlier, the T-Rex is a predecessor of modern birds, like the freaking chicken. So... They're saying that the chicken's ancestor is a T-Rex, but they weren't saying that, you know, your common lizard is an ancestor in T-Rex, which is interesting. So we're able to study the evolution of animals um, throughout history. And because of this and all that technology I was talking about, we're able to get more and more information, which makes this idea that we came from reptilians even more, I guess, plausible, I suppose. Especially since... They were thought to be reptilian, cold-blooded, and birds yeah. are not cold-blooded. <laughs> They're warm-blooded. They do lay eggs, though. Right, but they are warm-blooded animals, so just because... You know, they're cold-blooded and this thing's warm-blooded or they're seen as a reptile and we're mammals. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's no connection. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In addition to the genetic condition of being born with a tail, there's other conditions that humans can be born with that may tell us that we have a connection to reptiles. There's this interesting condition called ichthyosis, and this condition gives the people really dry and scaly skin. There's also those with syndactyly and ectrodactyly, which this gives them fused fingers that resemble claws. There's even a myth in the Bible that suggests that until Noah's time, so until he was born, all humans had webbed fingers. And Noah was the first person born without those webbed fingers. Is it possible that there was a time when reptilian traits were more common among humans? Yes, it is possible. So if they exist, what is their purpose? Like, what is their end game here? What are, are, are they trying to take control of Earth? Do they want to integrate into our society? Or maybe it's just to survive. Maybe it's just survival, which is instinct. But then, you know, some people think that they're trying to completely take over and run everything. Um. Oh, and... I remember in that video, they said um, 
<laughs> they said, what if the reptilians were pushed underground and to be separated from our society and they were pushed underground by another type of extraterrestrial that were fighting for control of Earth or possibly even protecting us from them. Interesting. I could see that because all the stuff like the spirituals who are talking about like the aliens now, they're saying aliens are here to help us, right? And everything that we've learned about reptilians or like even our own common lore about it is that you're aggressive. Like, you know, the reptilian part of your brain, you're aggressive. So who knows? Maybe it is to protect us from the aggressive reptilians. That's the end of my segment. <laughs> Okie dokie. So I found this website called phantomsandmonsters.com. They have a lot of encounters that people send in, uh, encounters that they say that they have experienced and that are supposedly true. So these are directly written from people that wrote them in to phantomsandmonsters.com. And it's a pretty cool website, I think you guys should check it out. So this first one is possible reptilian encounters in Washington and Delaware. Olympia, Washington, January 28, 2019. I was driving through a heavily wooded area approximately 30 minutes from West Olympia. I heard gibberish and a loud yell. I stopped my car and took a picture at the base of a drop-off. There were three beings, one in a small triangular ship, one next to the ship, and one near a tree to the right. There was also two dead deer. They saw me, so I jumped back in my car and drove away. There's no road access to where they were. There was a tall gray on the right, a tall reptilian-looking one in the craft. It had a helmet on, and one next to the craft with a big white colored head and long neck. It was wearing a blue astronaut suit. It appeared to have a smaller being or human in the back seat strapped in. So that was the Washington one. Interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so they, they were all were hanging out together. I wonder if the um, the smaller being was in a car seat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Gotta keep them safe. Safety first. <laughs> and then in Magnolia, Delaware, November 30th, 2020, 10.15 a.m. I was walking my dog through my neighborhood, which is surrounded by dense woods on all sides, on the 30th of November around 10.15 a.m. We came to the pond and I noticed all the geese were lined up in a straight row next to the street, which was very unusual. So I decided to take a picture of them. At this time, my dog became very upset, scared, and was jumping up on my leg for me to pick him up. I was trying to control him and continue our walk. We proceeded on several more yards, and I took another picture of the trees on a hill next to the pond. At this point, my dog is so upset, he's literally pulling me and running, so we ran all the way back to my house. I looked at the two pictures and was shocked to see the first picture of the geese, as to the left of them was a massive dark circular shape, looming probably to my best guess 800 feet or higher, and maybe as wide or more, sitting on the ground and behind some trees in the woods. The second picture shows a large reptilian type being high in the trees above the large green tree where I can see its head, shoulders, and arms. I got in the car and drove back to this area and took pictures again of both areas. And both the suspected UFO and reptilian being were both gone. Later that day, I went back to the site with an EMF detector and it continued to spike large numbers in this area. This possible UFO also was sitting right next to the Tidewater Tower and Propulsion Building, making me wonder if it was garnishing energy of some type. It also looked as if trees and leaves were burned. I have checked my body and do not see any initial marks and do not believe I was abducted. Wow. So um, these pictures, I'm not going to steal them and put them on our Facebook. You could just go to their website. This is me coaxing you to go to their website. <laughs> it's <laughs> really interesting. Phantomsandmonsters.com. Here's another from their site called Reptilian Encountered by British Soldier in Paderborn, Germany. 
A British soldier stationed in Germany experienced a reptilian being one morning in his barracks. The encounter was later reported to his superiors, who likened it as a vivid dream. The following account was recently forwarded by Raider. Titi joined the British military when he was 20 years old in 2008 as part of 3 Close Support Battalion REME. He was stationed at Barker Barracks, Paderborn, Germany. In January 2011, he slept on the second floor of Block 2. There were two other soldiers sleeping in the same room. One Saturday morning, T.T. awoke alone in the room. One of his roommates had been out drinking all night and had not returned to the room. The other had spent the night with his girlfriend. He thinks the time must have been around 9 a.m., but didn't check the clock. He was facing the window, and the morning sun was in his eyes, so he rolled over. When he did, he immediately became aware of a six-foot-tall lizard-like being standing about 1.5 meters away from the edge of the bed. It was slightly transparent, Mm. bipedal, and slightly hunched over him. The skin of its arms and legs was covered in green scales, although the chest area was smoother. It had a lizard-like snout and mouth and eyes with vertical slits in them. The being was largely unclothed other than a belt around its waist. Around the belt were what looked like silver-colored cylinders. TT estimates there were about 12 of these cylinders. Each was 2.5 centimeters wide by 5 centimeters long. That's really accurate. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, how did he get it? I mean, maybe he's used to measuring. Some people are really good with that kind of thing. Yeah, military especially. Mm -hmm. TT froze not knowing what to do. He was both shocked and puzzled by the presence of the strange being. He did not shout out for help as he was trying to process what was taking place. The reptilian stood still also, although T.T. could see it breathing. It felt to him that it was surprised he had woken up. They stared at each other for about a minute. Then he suddenly felt drowsy and dropped off to sleep. It was as though the being had implanted the thought to go to sleep into his mind. Interesting. They, My sister's dad actually dropped by today to our house, and I had told him, he listens to our podcast. Oh, does he? <laughs> yeah. I told him what we were, what we were recording out. tonight, and he was like, oh, yeah, he was all about it. And he said that there were some reptilians that had psychic abilities. I can see that, and I'm 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 sure there are some animals of mm-hmm. some sort, bugs, whatever, that do cause drowsiness as a way of, like I mean I don't know I'm like there are different creatures that are able to impact the way others around them react and act. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Even if it's just little movements that psychologically trigger something in your mind, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, science, man. <laughs> it's a trip. <laughs> TT estimates about 10 to 15 minutes later, he awoke again. The being was no longer present in the room. He lay still in bed for around 10 minutes trying to process what had taken place. In the end, he worked up the courage to get up. He picked up a small blunt object to use as a weapon. Heck yeah, man, I would too. <laughs> he then began searching all around the room, half expecting the being to still be present. After a while of searching and discovering it had definitely gone, T.T. went over to his laptop. He had the word reptoid in his mind, but did not know why. He searched for the word on the internet and up came some pictures of reptilians. Upon seeing the similarity of the drawings to what he had witnessed, he briskly closed his laptop, quite unnerved. The reality that others were reporting the same type of thing that he had seen was quite shocking and frightening to him. Not long afterwards, he left the room and went about his normal morning routine. He did not speak about the incident with any of the other soldiers, as he felt they would not believe him. For the next two years, T.T. did not mention the incident to anyone. However... On a phone call in 2013, his father mentioned to him about a book he had been reading by David Ick called The Biggest Secret. 
and you're going to hear that name again. <laughs> oh, I heard about that book. And just that, that guy in general. Mm-hmm. In the book, David talks about his theories regarding the reptilians. When his father mentioned this to him, T.T. decided to tell his father what happened. In May 2014, T.T. decided to inform his superiors about the incident. He told two lieutenants and his sergeant. One lieutenant put it down to a dream. The other suggested he should speak with a doctor. His sergeant claimed to believe his story, but could offer no further advice. Note, T.T. had no interest in UFOs or E.T.'s contact prior to his experience. An aspect of the experience is the way in which T.T. could slightly see through the being. T.T. had the distinct impression that it was the belt around the being which was causing this effect, although he was not told this directly. Is it possible that T.T. was abducted and experienced lost time? Or maybe, like, the reason why he could see him, because you know how the story said that the creature looked surprised that he saw him or that was awake. Maybe his gear was malfunctioning, you know. Or he was running out of juice, whatever was in those containers. hmm And, you know, like we talked about in the other, the alien episode, um, the technology or whatever it is that they use to mess with people's memories and their... Mm-hmm their vision you know making things seem blurry so they don't actually see the ship or whatever yeah the last story i'll share before i go on to the next little section is also from phantomsandmonsters.com it's deadly reptilian encounters uncovered in pennsylvania coal mines in 2008 a file was declassified by the british ministry of defense titled unidentified flying objects correspondence Inside the 318-page document is a lengthy chapter labeled The Mystery of Iniquity Exposed, The Reality of the Serpent Race, and the Subterranean Origin of UFOs. Several astonishing first-hand encounters are described in great detail. One documented ordeal took place in the coal mining town of Dixonville, Pennsylvania, in Indiana County. In the early 1940s, two mining inspectors received a frantic call about a collapsed shaft. They rushed to the accident site where 15 coal miners were now helplessly trapped. According to the document, hostile subterranean lizard people were encountered. First responders noticed a lifeless body laying on scattered debris. His skin was lacerated with claw-like marks from an unknown creature. More corpses soon surfaced. The deceased miners had identical gruesome injuries. All had succumbed to these horrific wounds. Despite scouring the deep tunnel, several miners were still missing. Additional personnel joined the search party in hopes of retrieving survivors. Emergency workers searched the sprawling tunnel system, yet no additional miners were uncovered. Despite the waning hope of finding other living miners, two inspectors continued their quest. They eventually found a mysterious passage to a huge cavern. At one point, one of the inspectors observed one of the creatures. He saw the enormous, scaled reptilian running away. He stated, quote, That thing was not of this world, end quote. This incident remained classified for nearly 40 years. On July 14, 1974, a local newspaper published an article about the subterranean massacre. Stranger still, numerous eyewitnesses have experienced similar confrontations for decades. Another incident occurred in a mine in Mercer County, Pennsylvania. Of the three victims of this particular mine disaster, only two were rescued. However, both described a similar paranormal encounter with strange men who entered the caverns and gave light to the two trapped miners and told them that they would be rescued. They were uncertain whether the entities were humans or supernatural beings, however, as much of their collective hallucination contained both physical as well as supernatural elements, the bluish light that illuminated the room, they said, was real. But other holographic-like visuals that appeared on the walls when touched by their hands either disappeared or revealed solid rock behind. Hmm. Michael Burke in his article, Green Things Sparks Rumors, 
in the Valley News Dispatch described a small creature, about four feet tall, that appeared to be half humanoid, half dinosaur. 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 <laughs> Dino times. <laughs> Was um, seen emerging from a sewer tunnel in New Kensington. A group of children chased the infant or young dinosauroid creature. One of them. <laughs> one of them momentarily grabbing it. At which that's a that's a brave kid right there. I was just thinking that. I was like, that's a brave. <laughs> yes. Or or dumb. <laughs> I mean kids. Uh, yeah. Both. Kids. Uh, momentarily grabbing it, at which point it let out a squealing or screeching sound, and then it slipped from his hands and escaped back into the sewer tunnel. So now I'm gonna talk a little bit about the psychology of extraordinary beliefs. Ordinary Students Exploring Ordinary Beliefs Behind the Belief, Lizard People, from u.osu.edu. That's lengthy. Lengthy time. <laughs> yes, it is. According to the theory of lizard people, ancient times saw the arrival of bloodthirsty reptilian extraterrestrials on Earth. These beings allegedly intertwined their DNA with humans and engaged in interbreeding to gain control over the world by infiltrating positions of power and influence, such as royalty, politicians, and popular entertainers. Around 4% of Americans believe in this theory, with David Ick being one of the prominent advocates. I don't know if it's Ike or Ick. I've heard it pronounced both ways. So, um, but, I, I imagine he would probably pronounce his name as Ike. But he grosses cause... me out, so I'm going to say Ick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ick has authored several books presenting evidence and expanding on this concept. While the theory gained popularity in the early 2000s, there are still followers today. If proven true, it would suggest that the human race is under the manipulation of a select group of reptiles capable of shape-shifting. However, this claim, although intriguing, appears highly implausible. A convenient method to substantiate the existence of reptilian humanoids is by identifying them with our own population. Philip Bump's article titled How to Identify the Reptilian Individuals in Control of the U.S. Government offers a concise summary of their typical traits, such as low blood pressure. Check. I've got that. <laughs> Un unexplained scars check got that too <laughs> a deep interest in space and science yep <laughs> eye colors that range from green to hazel to blue which can fluctuate yep my eyes do that same colors <laughs> are you telling me something is this you coming out <laughs> and coming out <laughs> I appreciate that you feel safe with me. Thank you. You're welcome. And and another um another source had mentioned like reddish hair. Um mm -hmm. my hair has a reddish tint in the sun. <laughs> my oh. natural color. <laughs> oh. oh damn. I do want to mention that even though these beliefs might be scary and even though you might strongly be leaning towards believing them you need to be careful about acting on them if you have any ideas even thoughts in your mind of acting in a way that is aggressive or hurts others even if you think it's hurting a reptilian or reptilian humanoid whatever you want to call it just having those thoughts you need to seek help yeah anytime it's going to lead to violence or some action that can hurt someone in any kind of way seek help that is not normal it is not okay yeah. and i say that because there are um, lizard people conspiracy murders, and I got these from video.vice.com. First, we have the 1999 murder of Gurley Chu Hassenkoft, a New Mexico bank teller. To this day, her body has not been found. Her estranged husband, Diazine Hassenkoft, and his girlfriend were actually pro-reptilian. They allegedly 
believed they'd be rewarded if they helped the aliens enslave humanity. Part of proving Mm. they were worthy involved killing Gurley. The two killers who were sentenced to life in prison met at David Ick's conference. Ick is a former sports announcer from the UK and the granddaddy of today's reptilian lore. He's got some, not just some of these beliefs, but he's got some crazy out there wacko beliefs that that are, he thinks he's the son of God. He, I see. He believes that human sacrifice is required for these reptilians. That's scary. <laughs> oh my gosh. After declaring himself the son of God on television in 1991, Ick became a prolific writer on conspiracy theories and other worldly topics. Then there's Sherry Schreiner, a well-known figure on the internet, gained popularity for her outspoken views against reptilians. Serving as a prophetic messenger, relaying doomed-filled messages, she propagated the reptilian ideology to a substantial online following, reaching tens of thousands of people via platforms such as Facebook and YouTube. In her belief system, not only were influential individuals and public figures infiltrated by reptilian beings, but most ordinary humans including close acquaintances and family members, were deemed untrustworthy. According to her claims, only one in four individuals could be classified as fully human. Well, lady, if that were true, they would greatly outnumber us, and don't you think they would come out of hiding and just take over? Honestly, yeah. That just makes no sense. Power in numbers. Consequently, she demanded financial contributions and unwavering devotion from her followers. Of course. Over time, that's a big red flag right there. Uh (laughs) Over time, Schreiner faced accusations of running a cult-like group. The initial indication that something was amiss arose when the young woman, Kelly Pingley, tragically took her own life in 2012 seemingly driven by the belief that her demise would contribute to Shriner's ongoing cosmic battle against evil forces. In 2017, after a span of five years, a tragic incident occurred within the followers of Shriner, resulting in the death of one of one follower by another. The chain of events began when Shriner herself turned against Barbara Rogers. Barbara's boyfriend, Stephen Manillo, another devout follower of Shriner, also started to turn against Barbara, accusing her of inadequate devotion to Shriner, and even referring to her as a reptile. Barbara later claimed that Stephen forced a gun into her hands, instructing her to shoot him. As a result, Barbara was found guilty of third-degree murder and received a prison sentence of 15 to 40 years. That I call BS on that. She killed him. Yeah. 15 to 40 years. That doesn't cut it. There are people in prison for their lives for marijuana. And this woman shot this man because he called her a reptile and she gets 15 to 40 years. That's horrible. 2018, Sherry Schreiner, she did not get her due justice for causing all of this. She passed away due to a heart attack, while steadfastly maintaining her belief that Rogers was either a reptile or a clone. In 2019, a Seattle man named Bucky Wolf made the assertion that he received a divine message regarding his brother's transformation into a lizard. Bucky, age 26, killed his brother by fatally stabbing him in the head with a sword. Oh... Isaiah Gentry, a teenager from Arizona, allegedly stabbed his father in 2020, claiming that he intended to kill him due to his belief that his father had been possessed by a shape-shifting reptilian entity, according to the police. Oh my god, people, yeah. Like, it is very dangerous to have these thoughts. Like, honestly, if you do, no. Like, don't act on it. We're not saying, like, this is all obviously speculation fun and maybe real but like no 
And even if it is real, why take the chance of killing someone that could possibly be completely innocent? And if you truly believe that you are doing this for the good of people, maybe just stop for one second and think to yourself, maybe I have a psychological issue. Maybe I have undiagnosed schizophrenia. Maybe I have some other issue and I definitely need to go talk to someone about my thoughts because whether I have these issues or not, I need to go communicate what I'm thinking with somebody else before I act upon them. Yes. It just continues. An individual named Anthony Quinn Warner conducted a bombing in Nashville, Tennessee on Christmas Day in 2020, resulting in his own death and the injury of eight others. Prior to the bombing, Warner sent packages and letters to his friends outlining his belief in conspiracy theories involving lizards. He claimed that these reptilian beings had implanted a switch in the human brain, brain, allowing them to blend in and appear as humans. Then there is, and I'm going to take a sip of my wine here. You need to fortify yourself? Yep. There is the account of Matthew Coleman. It's particularly devastating. Coleman, a surf school owner associated with San Diego committed the unthinkable act of murdering his two children. His motive stemmed from a belief that his children possessed snake-like DNA. Without hesitation, he confessed to the killing, disclosing that he had concealed their bodies on August 9, 2021. Utilizing a spear-fishing gun, Coleman tragically ended the lives of his two-year-old son and ten-month-old daughter. Oh, they're the babies. Disturbingly, he and his wife, Abby, had been (sighs) jointly exploring QAnon conspiracy theories online. It was allegedly during this time that Coleman began to claim he was receiving divine revelations, indicating that his wife and children harbored serpent DNA. He informed FBI agents that he took their lives in an attempt to save the world. Coleman's introduction to the concept of reptilians came from David Ick's Twitter account. Oh, David. mm. That man makes me sick. Yeah, Ick is a perfect name for him. I don't know if it's Ike or Ick, but... We're going with Ick. You're right. Mm. That's more suitable. And that... Is all she wrote. That is all she wrote. Yeah, guys, don't be like this at all. Get <sighs> help. Your family is not reptilian. Your friends, these strange... No, like... No. Seriously. Well, um, I do hope you guys enjoyed this episode. There's so much information. So much fun conspiracies, but a lot of really useful and serious warnings and disclaimers okay but i enjoyed researching this and learning about it because this kind of thing is fun it was super interesting i thought it was all wackadoodle and and i couldn't find anything i i tried to search for those sites with people that were gung-ho for it i wanted to see both sides of it and i couldn't find anything and then that history channel video that we both watched just was riveting it has so much information Mm -hmm. in there that really makes you be like wow there is a possibility not just because oh that kind of makes sense but like scientifically i mean there is a possibility of anything else the concrete thing that we discovered and talked about here is that all life has a common ancestor Yes, we are all connected. Yes. So that's the big takeaway here. We are all interrelated, interconnected. We have a common ancestor. It's seen in our development when we are just in mommy's bellies. So be kind to one another. Be kind to animals. Don't squish that little insect. 
you're all related. <laughs> and remember, if you do have thoughts of violence, um, please seek medical attention. ASAP. <laughs> all right. If, and as always, if you have your own stories to share, whether it be ghost encounters, vampires, werewolves, who knows? Remember to send it to our email at witchinandwineinn at gmail.com. That's W-I-T-C-H-N-A-N-D-W-I-N-E-N at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page where we post videos, pictures, whatever else goes along with our topics. And you could post on there as well. And if you enjoyed what you heard tonight, please give us a like, a subscribe, a comment, follow, go to our Facebook page, all of that. All of that good stuff. And stay safe. All right. Good night. Good night. Are you a lizard person? Maybe. Yes, she is. What do lizards smell like? I don't know. Maybe feet.